This is Get a Real Job, the podcast devoted to people who choose risk over safe bets, who pursue their passion against all odds and are doing what they want, how they want, despite people and sometimes the voices in their own heads telling them they're nuts. When the field that I wanted to work in didn't exist, I created it. The only thing you have to decide is how hard you want to work. I really never went into the design of the restaurant of not succeeding. One way or another, I was going to succeed. I'm your host, Dan Bova, editorial director of entrepreneur.com. Thanks for listening. And now, get a real job. We all find ourselves wearing multiple hats in our work and home lives. But I'm going to guess today's guest has worn a couple of more hats than you. Adam Sanzaveri is an entrepreneur, Ironman triathlete, former professional musician, Broadway producer, impact and venture capital investor, and managing director and co-head of sports and entertainment at Alliance Bernstein. Let me catch my breath. Uh, I don't know how he had time to squeeze me into his day, but we're going to talk all about how these things come together and inform his efforts for sustainable and inclusive business practices. Welcome the very busy Adam. Adam, how are you? <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. It sounds a lot better when you say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we, we, we're going to get into all that stuff. Cause, I mean, did you did you run uh, a triathlon while singing a Broadway tune? Like, how, how did that all come together? <laughs> well, my racing buddy in New York knows that uh, if the race is long enough, I'll eventually help pass the time by singing a couple of tunes to myself. Yeah. So, uh, so it does happen every once in a while. <laughs> That's great. So, um, you know, we mentioned, so you're uh, impact investing. So can you talk a little bit about what that is and what kind of drew you to it? Yeah, sure. Happy to. Um, look, I, th- I think it means a lot of different things. And, and you know, one of the, the blessings and one of the curses of impact investing is just that, to it, it, there's very little regularity or definitions that are consistent with it. I, I personally think that impact investing means aligning your real passions personally, whether that's philanthropically or to create a better society with how you are managing your own you know, assets or your own investments, your time. And and those assets don't have to be money, but, you know, I think for a point of our conversation, that's what I'm thinking about. Um, so look, I, I got into it very early as someone who was an incredible uh, arts lover, you know, a big arts lover. And how, when I found success in my early career, starting to put my own capital to work to create art that bettered society, that then evolved into venture capital investing, getting involved in renewable energy, solar technology, solar um, solar installation companies, and really learning industries where I was putting money to work that was not only good financial returns, but was actually doing something very good for the planet. Still very involved in those efforts. And then bring it to today with a far greater scale and being at Alliance Bernstein, you know, which we are the largest independent financial research firm in the world and been a pioneer in responsible and impact investing. So I spend my days helping others realize their passions and how to put that into their investing. And that really covers the globe from the frontier markets and moving capital into third world countries to create better economic lives of individuals to, you know, green bonds and uh, investing in public transportation and all those kind of things. So 
long answer, but it is a long topic. Yeah, yeah, no, that that that's amazing. So I, I'm wondering, over the course of your career, have you found um, this increasing? Are, are people more interested in not just making money, but making money in a way that helps the world become a better place for to not to oversimplify it? No, it, it, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's a great question. And I think you have a couple of facets of that. One is generational, right? We have seen a massive uptick in generations of, you know, I would call it anyone under the age of 50 today, I would say, is thinking about this and not to rule out anyone over 50, but it's become sort of a mainstream topic, far more relevant to the younger audiences. And when you have wealth creation in their 20s and late 20s and 30s, it is typically a top priority. Um, So you've also seen, which I think is a wonderful phenomenon coming out of uh, all the George Floyd movement, all of uh, coming out of COVID, where being a responsible investor had fuel thrown on the fire. And why is that the case? Well, you know, these social issues and governance issues and environmental issues are are so blatantly in our face today that we know stuff has to be done. But the real precipice that was reached was that you can actually earn more money by investing in these things, Mm. right? Shareholders today of companies are rewarding companies for doing good. And so what that means as an investor is if you are being responsible by putting your capital with companies that are trying not to at least harm the world more, but mainly fix it or make it better, that you're actually going to have better financial returns over a longer period of time. And that's a trend that used to be a trade-off. You had to give up return to be responsible. And today you're seeing better returns by doing that. That that's awesome. So what what are some of those, what are some of the pillars or what are some of those industries that are kind of delivering on, on both fronts that you're seeing? <laughs> Yeah, look, I think the one that there's obviously the ones that people think about, which is, you know, you think green sustainability, solar, renewable energy, all the kind of things, electric vehicles. Those are the ones that people innately think of on the other side of the spectrum, which I always I find very fascinating are the bad actors who are causing the harm but are smart enough to realize and have good enough management teams to realize that they're the ones who can actually make the biggest difference, right? We think Mm. about ExxonMobil's changes recently, Royal Dutch Shell, Chevron. These are traditional companies that have, you know, let's say hurt the environment, but they're actually the companies that are investing the most money uh, or at least up there in the most money to change their practices, to invest in green, in, you know, changing the way our world uses energy. And they're the ones that, you know, are seeing capital flows to because of those behaviors. And, and I love seeing, you know, sort of what I would call a disruptor portfolio or an improvers portfolio from the sort of the financial terminology, where we're seeing capital being going to companies that are rewarding for changing their behavior, even though they're not already green companies. Wow. Yeah. So, um, when someone walks into you, you, you manage a, a lot of high profile people. Um, has there been anything recently that you've done or been a part of that really, you know, you felt like an immediate direct impact, like, wow, that was awesome. Mm. I'm glad we're a part of this. Gosh. Yeah. I look, I, I think I could give you a ton of different stories, whether, 
it's philanthropically related or impact investing related. Um, you know, one of my favorite stories, which happened in recent years, um, is around what I would say is one of the most boring asset classes that people think of, and especially in today's environment with rising rates, and that's municipal bonds. But a lot of people don't realize that that kind of money can make massive differences in people's lives. And so we, we for example, uh, bought an issuance in Newark, New Jersey that replaced all the peripheral lead piping mm. in the water supply. Oh, wow. And, and I don't think people understand or you know, maybe a lot of people don't understand the the incredible impact that that has on health of children in low socioeconomic areas, graduation rates, all the way down to domestic abuse and uh, criminal like uh, jail. You know, the population that is go you know uh, doing criminal acts, all that kind of stuff. Because what this does, right, is it creates healthy drinking water. Right, and it's such a fundamental thing that most of us don't even think about. But right. if you grow up drinking lead, you have, you know, mental issues, you have so many issues that develop into so many problems. Right. And so, you know, when we have stories like that, and it goes on and on hospitals, public transportation, all these things that are such a benign asset class that can change the world. And you talk to these high profile individuals who, you know, have a large percentage of wealth in these this type of asset class, a wealth preserver, preserving asset class. And they say, oh my gosh, you're telling me that I'm putting this money to work and it's changing all these people's lives. That's pretty darn exciting. Yeah, yeah. And, and not what people think about, right? I could tell you the answers of like, oh, this person invested in this renewable energy project or this housing project or this startup company or this philanthropic project. That's the kind of stuff that gets me excited because it's not what everyone thinks of. That's, uh, that's incredible. Wow. Um, yeah, the wa water, like the, the, as you said, like I turn, I, I drinking some tea right now. I turned on my faucet without thinking twice about it. Um, so that, yeah. that's amazing. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, these, the, the sort of startups of the world that are doing this kind of work, how did they get in your, on your radar as something you're thinking about investing in? Yeah, it's a lot of different ways. I think one of the one of the primary benefits, or you know, being lucky enough to run the sports and entertainment practice for a global firm, is incredible access, right? And and the type of clients we work with are really the A list of every sport, of every artistic venture, team owners, coaches, executives, musicians, etc., and they are at the epicenter of information flow, right? Because every startup company, not every startup company, but most startup companies, you know, are looking for influencers of some kind. And so it is amazing the amount of deal flow that we see and are vetting and working on and advising on. And, and so it, it puts us at an epicenter of of data or deal flow. Um, and then of course you do this long enough and I've been doing this for well over a decade. Um, you just build great relationships with people who have like-minded right. strategies and, and want to change the world. And it's just all about being in the conversation. More coming up from our guests, but first a word from our sponsor. Who doesn't want to do right by the planet? Well, one of the easiest ways is to use paper. And another is to choose products that come in paper-based packaging. Because paper comes from trees, a natural and renewable resource. 
And here in the U.S., private forest owners carefully maintain healthy forests and their habitats to provide our essential paper products. And those products can be recycled up to seven times. Thanks to innovative design solutions, everyday items from cosmetics to liquid detergents are now using paper-based packaging, making it easier than ever for consumers to do good for the planet. And the same goes for business owners. Choosing paper-based packaging materials is a great way to take the sustainable path forward that also gives back. So choose paper and help America's forests thrive. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com. And we're back. So let let's go a little bit back into your uh, into your resume. Uh, so what came first, uh, the business guy or the uh, the 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 Broadway singer? Gosh, um, chicken and the egg, right? I look. I think I'll I'll make a shame not a, not a shameless plug. I'll make I'll make a proud plug. I sit on five arts boards, and I think arts education is one of the most crucial things in our society and it gives business people an advantage and anyone in business to think more creatively and more confidently about being a public speaker and presenting ideas and all that kind of stuff. So I'd have to say, you know, I owe a lot of my business success to that education and the great mentors I had in the arts world, but I never thought I would make it a career. Mm. I I went to Cornell University undergrad and studied biochemistry, played two sports and and really did music as a hobby as I did through high school and as a child. Um I moved to New York City thinking I, you know, wanted to go to med school. I always thought I'd be a doctor and you know, my brother is a lawyer and you know that was kind of our upbringing. My parents were teachers. And uh the long of it is I went and auditioned for I, the chorus of Aida at the Metropolitan Opera and suddenly got cast wow. as a 22 year old. So suddenly I found myself at sort of the, the height of the industry singing at one of the most lauded opera houses in the world. And that led to me going with a group to sing at the Verbier Festival in Switzerland, singing at Carnegie Hall, singing at Radio City Music Hall, doing some off-Broadway shows, doing concerts in New York. I mean, it it just was a very fun career but what I realized quickly through those ups and downs of being an artist, and I have so much empathy and, and uh, admiration for artists, which is why I love working with them so much, um, having done that, is it wasn't the life for me. So I, so I started my first business with a friend from Cornell um, in New York when we were 23-ish, while we were both trying to be artists in New York. And we literally did it to say, hey, let's build some passive income. We both got a lot of student loan debt. Um, and that business did really well. What, what, um, we were right, what was it? right place, right time. It was a digital design company based on a software that the, my partner was a computer science major that he created. Um, and we we pretty much created an ability for anyone to create their own websites. And this was at a time when that didn't exist. Now, right. in hindsight, we shouldn't have gotten rid of the sold and gotten rid of the company. Because yeah. <laughs> I think if we would have held it through the cycle, we probably could have been a lot uh, more successful than we were. But we were successful enough. And this then opened my eyes up to the first time of what I really thought I wanted to do, which was being the business of art. Mm. So I had, I, had done, I did the business, I'd done the art, and that's when I said, you know what, I want to start producing Broadway theater. I want to create art. 
And again, it's all, you know, who you know. And I was lucky enough to meet a mentor in New York who was a very successful producer. They sort of got me guided on the right track. And and I remember vividly in 2007, 2008, when a show came across our desks and and he didn't want to do it. I did because it starred uh, a, a Jeremy Piven from Entourage. And I was into that show at the time. And so I jumped right in with two feet at 24 years old, 25 years old, and produced my first Broadway show. Wow. <laughs> now, w- whenever we see movies about, you know, behind the scenes of Broadway shows, it's complete mayhem. Does it does it live up to that? <laughs> well, y- yes, I would say the most of the time it does. And this particular, my first show, for those that follow the theater may remember that it Jeremy Piven dropped out of the show claiming he had sushi poison. Right. So this was the and David there was, Mamet? There was, yeah, yeah, David Mamet. And there was a lawsuit. And, you know, without getting into any granular detail, it ended up being a blessing and a curse, right? We're losing an amazing star who got great reviews in the New York Times, but everyone in the world knew what the show was right. because the, the news was everywhere. And <laughs> yeah. We replaced him with William H. Macy, who's a huge star in, his, in himself. Um, and the show was a big hit. So, yeah. Yeah. So it it made it very easy for me to go on. I was lucky to be involved with such a great team and a great show, great director. And I was able to go on to produce a lot of other shows in different ways and and get some great experience. That's amazing. So uh, the the intersection of business and art, you know, we hear every day, so-and-so paid 1.5 million for a (laughs) picture of a, 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 a bored ape. Um, where, where do you sit on the, uh, the NFT stuff? Do you have any board apes in your wallet? No, I'm, I'm not a board ape guy. Um, look, I, I think the NFT space is certainly in its, uh, in the wild west version of what it will eventually become. Um, it will find its footing. I do think it's here to stay. Um, right now it's just a lot of people trying to capitalize on, what I would call the tulip rush from the twenties, right? (laughs) But I guess that would be my simple version. The underlying technology is incredible. It is here to stay. It is changing our world around us as we speak and will continue to do so. Um, You look at major companies getting involved in this in the gaming space and the sports space, um, you know, what they're doing with name, image, and likeness, these players at this young age, um, even now before they're in college, all the way through pros. It's, it's, it's wonderful because it's further giving the ability of the artist and the athlete to monetize their brand, right. um, which I'm always a big fan of, but it's still the Wild West. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So maybe I won't go all in on the ape today. <laughs> um uh, so I wanted to ask you just uh, on behalf of people who maybe don't have, you know, a ton of money sitting around, like what are what are things that people can do who want to, as you say, make uh, meaningful investments that are going to help them and, you know, and that they could feel good knowing that that they're improving mm-hmm. people's lives or, or, or animals lives or the environment. What are some kind of smaller scale things that like the common everyday person could do? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And I would say the, this world, this part of the investment world is still evolving. Um, but it has come so far and, and it is exciting that now the everyday person can start to take advantage of this. And without, without getting too detailed, 
I, I say that the most important thing is that people are asking questions, you know, and, and doing their own due diligence on what they're investing in. And, and look, the first thing I'll say is most people have a 401k, mm. right? This is a great place to start. If you are going and looking at your 401k and you're looking at the investment options, if there's not responsible impact, ESG, ETFs, mutual funds, and in, in investments available to you, you should call your plan administrator and complain. Mm. Um, that's the first thing that I tell people because yeah. if you're not going to get it if you're not going to ask. But thankfully, many companies, many most responsible companies, many companies have moved in the direction of providing these options. And sometimes you just got to look and dig for them to find them. And most of their names are very clear, right? Responsible U.S. equity or ESG focused global equity or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, that's the first step. And, and also, you know, in non-retirement money and your own personal investments, personal savings, it's the same story. Make sure before you sign up on a platform or E-Trade or Vanguard or whatever it is that you're using to find your investment platform that you are asking the question and looking to see what those available options are. That's going to make you feel better that your capital is being at least put to work in a way. You know, a level deeper, which we won't get into, is making sure it's not greenwashing and making sure that these things are actually doing what they're advertising. Yeah. But that that takes some research and due diligence. And, and, and those are getting better as bet more and more standards are coming out. I'm sure, you know, people, if they read the wall street journal saw the sec rulings or the conversations that are happening around monitoring green reporting by companies or uh, responsible reporting impact reporting by publicly traded companies. And that's going to be a game changer if that follows through. Uh, that's, that's incredible advice. Uh, and I wonder, uh, so an Alliance Bernstein, if people go to that site, uh, I'm guessing there's, there's resources and things like that, that they could, uh, dig into a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you said that. Um, if you go to Bernstein.com, um, there's a lot of information on there, but there is, uh, certainly a ton on our context blog around responsible investing. There's a lot of educational material. Um, you can dig through it and, uh, certainly there's a contact us, you know, uh, uh part of the webpage. If you ever want to get more detailed and they can reach out. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm going to check that out. I think, uh, everybody should, uh, Adam, thanks so much for, for taking the time. Uh, I don't know if you're got races in your future. Maybe a, a couch <laughs> delivery is, uh, did, did we beat the clock on the couch delivery? <laughs> I think, I think we did. We, we, we squeezed it in and uh, I'm, uh, I'm, a, I ran the New York city half this weekend, so I'm a little sore today. So oh, no races in the next all right. weeks. <laughs> How'd you do? It was good. It was, it was very good. It was a perfect day in New York. Excellent. It's nice to see New York city's come back strong yeah. from the pandemic. Excellent. Excellent. Awesome. Well, uh, great talking to you. Uh, incredible information here and just incredible work you're doing so so thanks thanks for sharing thanks dan appreciate you having me all right all right we'll talk again soon that's our episode folks hope you enjoyed it get a real job comes out every tuesday so be sure to subscribe to us on itunes stitcher google play or wherever you harvest your favorite podcasts leave us a review give us a share big people Go to entrepreneur.com for new episodes of this and to listen to our other great podcasts. Thanks.